Greetings and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchong, Executive Director of Worship Resources and Director of Music Ministries. I'm Derek Weber, Director of Preaching Ministries. I'm Lisa Hancock, Director of Worship Arts. And I'm LaShonda Evans, the Worship Team Coordinator. And during this time of transition from virtual to online and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire worship teams and leaders to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church, finding ways to help those worshiping with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. Today, we're going to talk about what's ahead for 2023, giving you some idea of the worship series we have planned and our thinking around them. However, first, we want to start with a wrap-up of 2022. What a year this has been for all of us. Changes on our staff. We have some new initiatives that we've launched and just a whole variety of things. So let's start with our staff changes of this year. Back in on March 31st of this year, Cynthia Wilson, the Reverend Dr. Cynthia Wilson, retired and took on a whole new venture with the Junius B. Dotson Institute. In April, I took on the executive position. So that was a big change for us as we had to say goodbye to Cynthia and the role that she was doing, but also being able to be a part of the Junius B. Dotson Institute, which is such a gift to our church and the broader community. Also in April, we hired a new worship coordinator, and her name is LaShonda Evans. So I'm going to ask LaShonda to say hi and give a a brief bio, give us some tidbits of information about you. Hello, everyone. My name is LaShonda, and I am a Nashville native. I know, right? I can hear the oohs and the ahs. There are still some of us around. (laughs) But yes, I am a Nashville native, and I've actually been working in the music industry well over 20 years now. Currently, I serve a church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, as their minister of music. I've been singing since I could talk, actually. I also sing with uh, Bobby Jones and the Nashville Super Choir. I've had uh, the opportunity to travel the country and also a little bit of the world spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. I came on in April, as Diana mentioned, and it has been a joy to work with such a welcoming team, a team that values my opinions and and my perspective. I look forward to everything to come uh, for the rest of 2022 and all the things that I will learn and new tasks that I will uh, take on in 2022. So if you have logged on to our website and downloaded the Common Lectionary calendar for 2023, LaShonda was instrumental in putting that together for us. And that's no small task. So I just wanted to to pair that with you because I know a lot of you go on our website to find the lectionary calendar in both of its forms. So thank you, LaShonda. She's been a joy. She brings a, a light 
to our weekly meetings each mm-hmm. week. So another hire that we had in August is Lisa Hancock, who is our new director of worship arts. And um, that's, that's a big change, not just having a new person in that position, but we changed from a director of liturgical ministries to a director of worship arts so that we could see the broader picture of what we're looking for in terms of worship, both graphics and liturgy. And I mean, she she intersects in all the aspects of our worship. And so she's been in this position now for several months, still a newbie like LaShonda, but I'd like for her to just say hello to everybody and tell us a little bit about what you've been up to these last few months. Hello. It has been such a joy to be here and to, I mean, if you've been listening to the podcast, get an opportunity to be part of the podcast with Derek and Diana and now LaShonda have such rich conversations. And I really think those conversations are kind of indicative of how I feel about what I've been up to the last five months or so is really getting connected within the agency, but also across the connection, hearing about what's happening in online worship and new worshiping communities, hearing about how resourcing might be needed in various areas, and then trying to figure out how do we think about liturgy and worship arts that is going to impact where denomination is going, is going to support vital worship in a variety of local contexts, and really not trying to prescribe that, but really trying to think about how do we inspire the imagination and resource people to be able to create vital worship in their local context. And so it's been such energizing work. Sometimes it is very large, almost overwhelming work, but at the same time, it is such a joy to get to be on, in a way, on the ground doing this work, partnering with others, and use the resources that we have in the worship team and in discipleship ministries to really be making an impact for the local churches across the connection. Thanks, Lisa. Lisa brings so many gifts to us. She is a musician. She is a researcher who really loves researching. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and a mom and I mean, just has so many different gifts and talents that she offers to us on this team. I feel really fortunate that I have these two amazing musicians as part of our team. And Derek is our constant. He is the <laughs> one that's been here. And as I say, he, he's the one who's been watching musicians come and go. And he loves surrounding himself with us. Don't you, Derek? <laughs> I, I can't think of anything I'd rather have than more musicians on the team. <laughs> Tell us what you've been about well, this year. I, I represent that part of the church that hates change. Don't change. Don't ask me to change anything. I'm just doing the same thing. Would... No, actually, everybody knows everything changes all of the time. Hmm. We we try to maintain the stuff that that draws people to our website, the worship series. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But some new things have also come to us, and and we're excited about that. Early, well, about mid-year, June or so, we heard from the Lilly Foundation out of Indianapolis, and they contacted a number of institutions around the church, larger church, not just the United Methodist Church, and invited us to participate in a program they were calling the Compelling Preaching Initiative. And it was a two-part 
program that they invited us to submit a bid for phase one and then phase two in September, inviting us to consider how we might be helpful in, in helping preachers think about their preaching, recast their preaching in a world that has changed and is always changing. And so we were awarded that grant just a few weeks ago. And so we've been scrambling around trying to figure out what's next for us. And we have lots of things uh, in the pike. And I could probably take the next hour and a half, talk about all the things we're going to do. But that's not what we're about. That's a future podcast. That's a future podcast. Yes. Yeah. We'll talk some more about it and issue some invitations for folks to come and be a part of that. And so, but, but we're excited about some resources that we'll be creating and some groups that we'll be gathering and some training that we will do. We are interested in helping preachers preach in a world that is different than it was even just a couple of years ago. Mm, yeah. And certainly the church is different. So how do we fit into all of that? So we've been working the agency as a whole. We've got folks in our research and evaluation uh, team also on board with us. And so lots of things will be will be coming up and we're we're excited about that. A little bit daunted. It's it's a five-year grant for about a million dollars. And so I've got to figure out how we're going to make an impact in preaching. Mm. And I'm sure it's going to have something to do with how to talk to musicians, but I don't know about that. <laughs> Still working that out. You can lead the way, Derek. You're, <laughs> you're the model. You're the model. you got to learn a new language to talk to musicians, I've discovered. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that. So, Lisa, talk about some of the articles that you've been writing and what's coming up, what, you know, what you've done these low few months and <laughs> yes. as we go into 23. Yes, absolutely. So, as D- Diana mentioned, I very much am a researcher and a writer at heart. And one of the things that initially kind of caught me almost immediately as we were talking about resourcing that we could be doing and where our church is, is really just this reality that we are now, what, two and a half years coming up on three years removed from March 2020, when so many of our churches in our denomination and across the country and the world shut down. Got you. We had to close the doors and we had to say, how are we going to find ways to gather that don't put us in physical contact with one another because of the COVID-19 pandemic? And now, two and a half, three years, almost three years removed, we're still in a reality where online and hybrid worship are becoming an expectation in our communities, whether you are a small, medium, or large-sized congregation. And certainly there were some congregations with resources who were in, in exploring hybrid and online worship well before March of 2020, but now that has become much more ubiquitous. It is across the board. There's some kind of online presence for so many of our congregations. So as I was thinking with that and and sitting with how do we resource that, the first thing that kind of came was this series of three articles that are called the Worship Online series. You can find them on our website. There's actually a landing page where you can find all of them all together. And what they are is really inviting us to sit back and say, okay, 
We're no longer in an emergency state. We're no longer just trying to figure life out one day and one week at a time. What does it mean now to sit back and actually contemplate the creation of sacred space and embodied worship that's digitally mediated, that's happening either in a hybrid format where some are in person and some are online or is happening completely online? What those articles really sought to do is really start the conversation for the wider church, but also for me, to, for <laughs> me to be able and for our team to be able to kind of just have something out of which we could start thinking and exploring. And so I'm very excited that we're now in a position to take some of the content that's in those articles and put it into a booklet form, but also expand that booklet into really an exploration of the question questions and considerations of the how of online and hybrid worship, resourcing worship planners, pastors, and lay people to be thinking with, how am I going to not just do this technologically, but do it theologically and liturgically in a vital mm -hmm. and rich way. And so we're excited about, and I'm particularly excited about putting that booklet together and having it available at annual conferences this, this coming annual conference season in 2023, and then hearing back what's working, what's not, how can we keep working with local congregations around these questions and considerations with online and hybrid worship. I also am very excited about the beginnings of a cross-cultural liturgy project that I've been kind of working towards creating a writing team since probably a month in and to the job. And we're finally like, we're starting to get a, a small team together to do individually and co-written works of liturgy around a theme and that will really hopefully bring in the diversity of ethnic, linguistic, and theological perspectives in the UMC and help us explore what it means to worship across our diversity instead of, I think sometimes we can feel a little bit contained and we may only be hearing local voices. So how do we actually bring the diversity of the connection into local context across the connection? So I'm, I'm really excited about how that's going to come together. But also, as Derek said, it's certainly not a Lily Grant, but for me, it's a little bit daunting because we're also planning on this being a project that is team led. So I can have ideas, but I'm actually excited to see what the spirit does as the writing team actually comes together and makes decisions together. I think it'll be, we will be richer for what we are together than we could ever have been as individual voices. What, what's exciting about both those enterprises, Lisa, is that is that they're not just they're not just techniques, not just how tos, but they're really talking about the nature of the church. What is the church? Mm. What is the church in terms of face to face or online, or what does it mean to be in community when we can't be in the same place or are not in the same place? Mm -hmm. But also, what is the church when the makeup is different than what we may see when we look out on our congregations in our in our single congregations? Asking us to think bigger about that. It's a challenge. To the whole church. You talk about the challenge that you face in putting all this together, but it's it's issuing a challenge to the whole church. Let's think about who we are in light of the kingdom of God, in mm -hmm. light of what we're called to be and where we're going and all of that. I, I just think that's exciting. I think and I think we're helping the church ask some of these questions. We don't have all the answers, certainly. 
but we, we know some questions that we want to ask, and that's exciting to me. Right. Well, let's let's go on then and, and talk about 2023. We're already in the year A, as, as you know, uh, because we're in the season of Advent as we record this. Maybe it'll be Christmas season by the time you listen to that. And we, we had an earlier podcast that talked about those series that we created. One of the things that, just to repeat, one of the things that we did differently this year is we pulled Christmas out of Advent. So we have Advent series, a four-week series, and then we have a Christmas time series that covers a lot of services that churches often do, but we tried to link them together. Las Posadas was one of them, and, and Blue Christmas, our longest night services, as well as Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, which is on Sunday this year, which mm. everybody's all excited about because <laughs> we love having Christmas on Sunday, don't we? Yes, I do. Good. I'm glad, Lashon. I'm glad. To hear that. I know there's a lot of reluctance of that, and I understand the the energy levels about doing a whole bunch of Christmas Eve services on Saturday and then having to come back on on Sunday. But I just think there's something holy and something precious mm-hmm. about Christmas Day being a Sunday, an opportunity to start the day in worship to God. But but we pulled that out, called it a. God of the dark and the light, and talk about how God works in our darknesses as well as in our light, and that they are not necessarily a binary of a good and a bad. God is present throughout it all. And we also have a watch night service or some suggestions for that, and then the New Year's Day service at at the end of that. From there, we then go into uh, Epiphany, or the ordinary time season after Epiphany, And we call that glimpses of the kingdom. And here again, grabbing a hold of what we were just talking about with with Lisa and the project she's doing, talk about what do we see on the horizon? What do we see that God is doing in the midst of of us? And so we take that lectionary series in January and February, and and we ask some of those questions. We invite you to, to explore that with your congregations. What's coming? What do we see? Where is God present at work in us and around us and all of that? That series is already up on the website. You're welcome to go take a look at that as you're preparing for uh, worship in the new year. And then we we go into Lent, and Lent is always a, a powerful time for the life of the church, a reflective time, perhaps, an inward looking time. We titled our series which is based on lots of different passages, but we try to do an, an Old Testament or a Hebrew scripture reading along with a New Testament or gospel or epistle readings, and just ask us to, to consider what God is doing in us. And we call that series Learning to Live Inside Out. How do we, how do we spend this time in reflection, this inward journey looking in, but also not just staying in, it's not just about us, but then how do we come out? How do we make that connection between what's going on in the world, what we are doing in the world, what God is doing in the world, and how we can partner with God and God's Spirit in all of that? So it's not just a a woe-is-me confessional kind of Lenten series this time. It's asking us, how can we partner with God? How can we connect with what God is doing out in the world and and be a part of God's effort to build God's kingdom ar- around us? 
but it's a hard look, a difficult look, sometimes confessional, as we admit we're not always on board. We're not always where God wants us to be. And so how do we make that shift? How do we realign ourselves? That's what the season of Lent is often about in the church, a time to realign ourselves, to get us ready to to work with God. And then we have the Holy Week series called In Awe of Grace, this amazing thing that God is doing on Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. We even include a, a Holy Saturday experience in the midst of that, should you want to take a moment to reflect on what you might do as a congregation on that Holy Saturday. Since we've had practice at Christmas time doing stuff on Saturday and on Sunday, <laughs> we can carry that on into, into Easter time. And then, of course, we have a grand celebration of Easter Sunday, but then the Easter Tide series that follows that, we call that a living hope. That's living in this glorious moment that what God has done in us and through us and for us. And so we reflect on that a little bit and ask, ask, what are we doing? Now that we've been set free, now that we've been redeemed from death, now that we've been forgiven and cleansed and claimed, how are we going to live? How are we going to live as partners with God in the establishment of the kingdom, how are we going to live as the church that we're called to be? And so that uh, a Living Hope series then carries us all the way to, to Pentecost. And we have a, a Pentecost and Trinity Sunday short two-week series called When God Came Down Like Fire. Mm-hmm. And we just think that that's, this is an opportunity for us to truly celebrate and get excited about what God is doing in us and for us and around us and with us. So those are the the first part of the series. And and like I say, most of those are up. I think the Pentecost series is still in production, but most Mm -hmm. of those are up. We have some other things coming up in the summer, but we can talk about those later. What we want to Mm -hmm. focus on is our discipleship, because Mm -hmm. we as United Methodists, of course, know that our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for yes. the transformation of the world. And so we're going to spend a summer reflecting on that a little bit, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Two things. Uh, I really love the titles that you come up with, Derek, and mo- mainly it's you who comes up with these titles, and they they have such gravitas to them. And, and Living Inside Out just says so many things to me. And as you were just now describing that for our season of Lent coming up, it made me think about the years we spent doing Rethink Church events, mm-hmm. you know, where you call mm-hmm. off church for the day and go do mission work and everybody would scatter and go do something out there. Mm-hmm. And I remember the choir going to a park and singing at a park and handing out oranges to people as they ran by and and mm-hmm. some would stop and have conversations with us. How cool is that? So that out is really something. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then secondly, I just wanted to say, I love the idea of having a separate Holy Week series in awe mm-hmm. of grace that starts with with Palm Sunday, because often, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, often we just kind of, you know, just, we're just looking at for Easter. And, mm-hmm. and Palm Sunday is a fun day that helps us get to Easter. And we forget all the riches of Holy Week, and especially as a worshiping community, the things that we can do. And I love Easter vigil services. They, they can be really wonderful. So yeah, uh, I just wanted to say those things about these upcoming series. Lisa, what do you have in terms of graphics and li- liturgical resources? 
Absolutely. Well, the first series that I actually got the chance to work on around the graphics and the liturgical resources was our Lenten series, which let me tell you, jumping into Lent in September is <laughs> quite the experience of, um, we would call it Kairos time, right? Like <laughs> time that moves out of the Kronos or the, uh, the linear time. And so it was I actually love Lent for so many reasons, and so I, I, I enjoyed, in a, if you can say enjoy about Lent, I enjoyed getting to jump in with those. One of the things that I have been very interested in doing as I put together graphics, I work with our team in communications to put together graphics, but then also develop the liturgical resources, is both making sure that our liturgical resources are coming out of the diversity of voices that we have available to us. And that is both thinking with like the Africana worship series uh, resources, but also thinking with historical resources. So Mm -hmm. occasionally you may see a prayer that you're like, oh, I... Who, who is Anselm? Well, it's an opportunity to explore Anselm, and that can be really exciting. But That's this the is, researcher again. That's the researcher, exactly. So really trying to think both with the breadth of the now, but also the depth of the tradition as we bring together liturgical resources. The graphics, I, I have been in, in particularly I would say inspired by as an opportunity for us to explore the bleeding between what I would call offline and online worship, right? So I think you're going to start seeing, particularly in our Holy Week series and moving into Eastertide and beyond, we're trying to start experimenting with how can these graphics both be something that happen on Sunday morning, but be made in ways that can be used in social media posts and in other ways um, in your context. I I will say one of the things that I love about our Eastertide service is over the course of that or, or series is over the course of that series, um, Derek brings up again and again testify and testimony. And so I had so much fun playing with the relationship between the liturgical resourcing of what does it mean to incorporate testimony into a call to worship? Or what does it mean to incorporate testimony into prayers of the people? But then what does it also mean to create a graphic that can help people think about testimony ahead of like the call to worship? So you'll find on one week, there's a graphic that's got a question about testimony for you to like actually use during the week and get people's answers and then incorporate those answers into a call to worship. And we kind of guide you through how to do that. But this is kind of the stuff that I feel like I'm just now experimenting with. And I'm anxious to see in 2023, how we can keep doing some of those things to really take the art. I think it's so important that we understand the graphics as part of the art of worship, not just as something that's kind of a, we need to make sure it looks pretty up there, but actually, Mm something that communicates mm-hmm. and is is speaking in a way that enhances the liturgy and the preaching and the music. And, but then how do we use that to also enhance prayer and to draw prayer and togetherness and worship beyond Sunday morning and into the week and then back into Sunday morning? So mm-hmm. These are all the things I'm very excited about, and I'm excited to possibly get the chance to dig into them in other conversations that we have in 2023. Thanks, Lisa. Oh, 
such such wonderful things that you're providing for us. And then I'm just going to wrap up with the, the music and the hymn suggestions. I know many of you look at these, especially the hymn suggestions, which are come from a database that the database is filled with all the musical resources that most churches use, the United Methodist Hymnal, the Faith We Sing, Worship and Song, Africana Hymnal, and, and more. There's a whole variety there. And so I'm able to put together those lists for each week under hymn suggestions. And then I curate the list further using what our series is about and specifically the scriptures that our series are leaning into. And so I curate the list a little bit further in the music resources. And when I can, I try to link in the history of hymns. And so that, which is another one of our rich resources on our website, the history of hymns that are put together by C. Michael Hahn. So I'm thinking, we're thinking maybe next year we're going to put all of that into one tab as opposed to two different tabs. So we're still playing with that. But let me know what you think or what you're needing if you're not seeing things in the music resource area or would want something further. We're here to serve you. So let us know what you're thinking on that. Well, not just the music, but all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd love mm-hmm. to hear comments or, or yes. suggestions or ideas, particularly with Lisa getting on board. And we're thinking about graphics in a, in a new way, not just a way of depicting each week, but maybe doing some other things as well, too. So we'd love to hear from folks who want to let us know. We'd really like to use see this or, or we use this or we don't use that or, or whatever it is. The more you can tell us the more we can tailor those worship series and the offerings that we have. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that this has been helpful to you. Remember that you can find more information at our website at umcdiscipleship.org. Remember, we want your feedback. We would love to hear from you. So send us an email. Until next time, We will be praying for you and with you and your congregation. May God continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.